my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids, you know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we are talking about the decentralized revolution that is happening we're talking about the intersection of politics and money and technology. It's pretty exciting. It's an exciting time to be living through. It's, a, it's an exciting time to be paying attention to, watching, because it is evolving so fast. It's rapidly, rapidly moving in front of our eyes. Now, you know, I don't always talk about the price of Bitcoin. I like to talk about the price of Bitcoin being a distraction. Um, and so I don't focus a lot on the price. And so if you want the price, um, tune in to me each and every week, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit, but you know, open up your phone, open up coin market cap or trading view. You can see what the price is. Um, but the price is really a short term distraction. That's what I like to say. I like to call it a bait and switch. You come in trying to make a bunch of money and then you realize it's actually the tool that we need to get our freedom back to fix the world. But what I say each and every week is that instead of focusing on the price, because the price is a short-term um, indicator, what you really want to look at when you're looking at a, at a network, when you're looking at new technologies, you want to look at the growth of the network. That's the expansion of the users. 
And you want to look at the development that's happening on the network. And as long as those two things are going, then we know the price is going to take care of itself. And so those are the things I'd rather spend my time focusing on. You should as well. And those are the things that I like to spoke, uh, focus on talking about because they're, they're rapidly advancing. They're changing pretty fast. Now, about the price, I mean, you know, the price of Bitcoin is down. We, we were kind of at a high about, uh, well, about a month ago. For the last 30 days or so, we've kind of been in this decline um, the price is down, but to kind of put it into perspective, if you zoom out, if you're new to Bitcoin, I get it. Maybe you don't understand, but if you zoom out, you'll see that a year ago. So if I look real quick here, a year ago, the price of Bitcoin was $17,000. Today it's $48,000. So one year ago it was $17,000 and the year before that, it was six thousand dollars. So it went from six thousand to seventeen thousand to forty-eight thousand. Does that sound too volatile to you? Well, now hang on, hang on. Volatility works both ways. Volatility means it goes up and down. If it wasn't volatile, it'd be stuck at zero forever. I want it to be volatile. I want it to be highly volatile because I want it to go up really, really high. And so, two years ago to the day, we were at about six thousand. A year ago, seventeen thousand this year, 48,000. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty good run up. Now it went from that 17,000 a year ago and it went all the way up to 65,000 and then it pulled back down to 30,000 and it stuck for about two months consolidating in the 35,000 range. And then it ran up to 70,000 and it's pulled back and it's consolidated in the 50,000 range. So that's what you're looking at. Notice how it consolidated at 30,000 and now it's consolidating at 50,000. That's a big difference. So don't look at the peak, look at where it's consolidating, look at where that support is at. And so really you want to look at the low, the lows of it. So in, in if you're looking at the trading charts, you look at the, the, the lows, you want to see, you want to see higher lows. And that's what we're seeing higher lows. And as a matter of fact, if you look at the lowest price point of every single year for the entire history of Bitcoin, the lowest price point every single year has always been higher except for one year, 2015. But other than that one year, the lowest point every single year has always been higher. And again, I just gave you the last two years and it's it's been pretty good. So focus on that. But really, like I said, let's focus on the growth of the network and let's focus on the development on the network. Now, one of the things that I hear a lot is, um, ah, the government's gonna make it illegal. It's probably, it's one of the, one of the oldest uh, objections and maybe still one of the biggest objections that I hear and uh, there's a there's 101 reasons why I can tell you that's kind of a false uh, narrative. The first thing I would say is that if a billion people don't want it to be illegal, it ain't going to be illegal. That's the first thing I'd say. Uh, first thing I'd say is stop being a sheep and remember that the government's supposed to be working for the people. And if the people don't want it to be illegal, it won't be illegal. So I hate that defeatist attitude. So don't take that. Don't take that defeatist attitude. Uh, but the thing that I'd really, you know, there's, a, there's another 100 reasons why I could say that of why they wouldn't want to make it illegal. But one of the things that's been pretty cool that I've been watching is the level of entrenchment that we've made into the political system. And so the politicians make the rules and really the politicians don't even make the rules. It's the lobbyists that make the rules. But one thing that's starting to happen right now, and, and it's, it's actually kind of funny, is uh, in California, we have Congressman um, Rep Representative Brad Sherman. And Brad Sherman is probably... Probably, I would say, the the number one most outspoken guy against Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. He hates them. He has continued to rail on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for the last couple of years. 
Um, just, I think, a week or two ago, there was some funny videos where he said, Bitcoin is going to be taken out by Ethereum, and Ethereum is going to be taken out by um, Dogecoin, and Dogecoin is going to be taken out by Squirrelcoin, and Squirrelcoin is going to be taken out by Mongoosecoin. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then sure enough, there was like this Mongoosecoin cryptocurrency, and it like took off, like people started buying it. It was kind of funny. But, you know, one thing that he does have right is he said that um, he said that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are a threat to the to the uh, dollar's status in the world, the reserve status in the world. And it limits our ability, the United States limits the United States ability to impose economic sanctions against countries like Iran, which it does. Right. If we don't use the dollar, if Iran doesn't use the dollar, then what do they care if the U.S. sanctions them with dollars? Right. They don't. But I would say that it was almost like a like a talking point for uh, Iran because they're like, oh, really? Well, shoot, we should probably go adopt it then. So anyway, Brad Sherman's been probably the number one most outspoken guy. Um, of course, not uh, not ironically, all of his biggest supporters are financial institutions. So just go look at Brad Sherman. He has to report who his sponsors are. Is, is, and uh, they're all financial institutions. So, of course, no, no surprise there. But the ironic thing is, is that he is being challenged this year by someone named Erica Rhodes. And Erica Rhodes is running on a pro-Bitcoin platform. And not only is she running on a pro-Bitcoin platform uh, for the primary, um, she's also accepting Bitcoin for her campaign, which is pretty cool and it's pretty ironic. And uh, if you're in California, go Erica Rhodes. Let's go ahead and vote that in. Let's get Brad Sherman, that guy, out of office. But she's not the only one. We're seeing more and more of this happening um, as Bitcoin continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're seeing uh, more people get into this. There's a, there's somebody else uh, that that has decided to jump in. There's um, in Ohio, we have someone running the U.S. Senate, and uh, her name is Morgan Harper, and she's again running on a pro Bitcoin stance. And I think these uh, these politicians are realizing that Paul that that Bitcoin is big. There's a lot of people that believe in it, and a lot of people that want it, and they're running on this pro Bitcoin stance. So we have in Ohio Morgan Harper, 30 year old Senate candidate for Ohio. She says it's one of the greatest problems in our society is too much power centralized in too few hands, which produces anti-competitive effects that entrench incumbents and prevent innovation. That's what Harper said. She wanted to say that it shifts power to a select few large cities and a few dominant players within each market and away from people in states such as Ohio. So if you're in Ohio, be looking out for Morgan Harper. And we can see this is really picking up a lot of steam. It's not just these local races, we can see in offices all around the country, we're starting to see the same thing where people are running on this. We saw in, uh, we, we know at least one senator, four U.S. House representatives have disclosed they bought cryptocurrency last year. Um, we've seen uh, numbers of these aides, um, of, of the aides that help these um, people. As a matter of fact, uh, the staffers have been buying cryptocurrency like crazy, including the staff director for Senate Republican um, minority leader Mitch McConnell, his staffer is buying Bitcoin. And so, of course, we know he's got his ear. And so we've reached this level of entrenchment. And that's what we want to look at. We want to look at the growth of the network. And now these politicians are literally running on a pro-Bitcoin, pro-cryptocurrency stance, which will continue to grow the network. But there's even more. Uh, as I said, the rest of the laws are coming from the financial institutions and wait until you hear what's going on on that front. There is literally billions of dollars 
poised to jump into the market. Now, of course, as an investor, as I, I try not to look at Bitcoin as an investment, more as a saving opportunity. But what we want to do is we want to front run. We want to get in front of it. So I want to explain to you what these billions of dollars are sitting on the, on the sideline ready to come in. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, talking about cryptocurrencies, and, of course, talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the growth of the network and the development on the network, which are the two things you need to be paying attention to. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Hey everyone, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about the decentralized revolution. That is revolutionizing the world. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking about um, some things that I talk about on a regular basis, which is um, when we're looking at new technologies such as cryptocurrencies, we don't want to look at the price. The price doesn't really tell us much. It's not the signal that we're looking for. The signal that we're looking for is the development on the network, or I should say the growth of the network, how fast the network is growing, and the development that's being done on the network. Those are the two things that are important. If I was going to use an example like Uber, which is a great example, I use it quite often. Um, you know, when you were looking at Uber, now, first off, um, Uber was private for like 10 years. So you didn't really see what the price of the stock was on a regular basis. Um, but imagine if you did. So oh, Uber, you know, Uber moved into San Francisco and the price of, of the stock goes up and then, oh, nope. Uh, city of uh, San Francisco sues, sues Uber and now it's banned and then the price drops and then oh they moved into Austin and then it's banned and, and like it would be up and down up and down but it, but it didn't you didn't have the price of it uh, for the first 10 years what you were looking at and even still today on most tech stocks you're not looking at the price of the stock what you're looking at is the growth and and they're really most of these tech companies are sacrificing profits to grow they're trying to grow the network as fast as they can so in Uber's case we couldn't see the price, but what we were looking at is how fast were they expanding? How many markets were they opening up? And that we were looking at how many markets were being opened up, how many users were using it? And then the second thing was the development, adding on Uber Eats and adding on things like that. Um, the new apps and the upgrades to the rideshare and then the black cars and all those things. So we're looking at the growth and we're looking at the development and that's how you want to look at technology. And that's the things we should be focused on in the, in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space. And so I was talking about the... Uh, the how, how we're starting to see a lot more lawmakers, uh, Republican or I should say senators and congresspeople taking uh, taking taking it not only for campaign contributions, but also running on these platforms. I'll throw out one more time back to Erica Rhodes running in California, trying to replace Brad Sherman. If you're in California, definitely take a look at her. Um, but then something else that I want to talk about, which is the growth of the network and the development of the network, is that there is massive amounts of money sitting on the sideline ready to come in. And this is one thing that's that's uh, incredibly bullish for me to watch. Now, last year, a company called NYDIG, it's N-Y-D-I-G, NYDIG came in the game and, and basically changed the entire game. Now, NYDIG... Um, does like a back office services for banks. And they announced, actually, no, it was this year, earlier this year, maybe like March of this year. And they announced that they were going to help banks um, be able to buy, sell, and store Bitcoin inside their bank checking accounts, customers. And there's about uh, 300 banks that service like 300 million checking accounts. And that was pretty big. That was massive. And so NIDIG came with this big old splash and, and so far it's it's been happening. We've seen several banks. I've been I've been researching or been talking about this. We saw a US bank, I think it's like the fifth largest bank in the United States, has, has opened that up. But recently NIDIG has been continuing to raise eyebrows, continuing to grow. And they're they're big. They're a big, big financial services company. And this week, 
they went into a money raising round to go raise more money to continue growing. And they had this funding round led by a company called Westcap. Westcap is a giant uh, venture firm that helps these companies raise money. And Westcap led NIDIG into what is probably the largest funding round in the history of Bitcoin. The largest funding we've ever seen. NIDIG raised $1 billion in a funding round led by growth equity firm Westcap, valuing the company at a whopping $7 billion, which is massive. A billion dollars raised for a seven bill valuation. Bessem Venture Partners, FinTech Collective participated in the round, helping finance the Bitcoin services providers expansion and growth. Existing investors affirm Mass Mutual. By the way, Mass Mutual is one of the oldest insurance companies in the United States. Morgan Stanley, one of the biggest um, financial service companies in the United States, and New York Life Insurance Company also joined. Mass Mutual. Now, a lot of boomers don't understand Bitcoin. Ah, it's too it's, it's old technology, right? Like, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm too old to understand technology. I'll just buy gold. Well, Mass Mutual, <laughs> Mass Mutual is the oldest uh, insurance company in the United States. They're over 100 years old. They get it. They get it. Mass Mutual, Morgan Stanley, New York Life. The one, the one thing that I like to see about these things is that you know I've been a been a been a full time uh, you know professional career investor for for my my whole career. I invest in a lot of deals. I invest into a lot of like private deals, a lot of early stage venture pre IPO deals, and um, I invest in, into these types of deals across you know multiple different uh, disciplines or different asset classes. And I, I can't know about all these. I can't be an expert in all these. And so what I do is I look to see who else is in on the deal. Who else is there? And I never, ever, ever want to be the smartest guy in the deal. What I want is I want to see someone really, really big, someone really smart in the deal. Because what it does is like, well, if they got them convinced, then um, it should be pretty good for me. So what these typically companies typically want to do is they want to get like this lead investor to kind of lead the deal. And so when I, you know, so for a lot of you that may be listening going, ah, come on, Mark, Bitcoin's a scam. Bitcoin's never going to work. Bitcoin's going to be illegal. Bitcoin's going to be whatever, fill in the blank. What I would say is sure, anything is probable. I mean, it, it has it has a greater than 0% chance of probability. That's that's true. But I would just ask yourself, are you smarter than Mass Mutual and Morgan Stanley and New York Life? Because... <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not. And so when you see that Mass Mutual, Morgan Stanley, New York Life are in on deals, that that should tell you something. That should just tell you something. And so um, maybe 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 it's you, maybe you're going from a hundred percent skeptical, like a hundred percent, like there's no way I give this zero percent chance, to maybe going, well, shoot, if those guys are in, maybe I give it a twenty percent chance of making it. Then right. I still think it's an 80% chance of failure, but maybe maybe there's 20% chance it succeeds. Maybe it's 90%, whatever that number is for you. But it, it'd be hard for anybody to make a case that there's a 100% chance. I mean, you just can't. And just like I can't give it 100% chance it succeeds. Um, but you have to figure out where you're on that scale. But the fact is, is that NIDIG was able to leverage the, the biggest raise ever for the Bitcoin industry. And... Um, Basically, this just shows how much demand there is for these companies to get in. Um, it says NIDIG plays a unique role in the industry, empowering companies of all types to incorporate Bitcoin in a secure and compliant way. So like I said, they are working with the banks to do this. They also announced that they have enabled the Houston Rockets to integrate Bitcoin services 
um, in the first U.S. public pension fund to invest into Bitcoin. Other um, recent partnerships include digital banking platform Q2. Um, and so it's happening. It's happening really, really fast. It definitely has um, better than a 0% chance of, of uh, failure. And so figure out where you're on that spectrum. Now, how do you manage your risk? Well, do you think it has a 1% chance of success? Okay, well then do you have 1% of your portfolio allocated to it? Do you think it has a 5% chance of success? Well then maybe you should have a 5% allocation. Where do you sit on that scale? And then that should determine what your um, allocations are towards that. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show, we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about cryptocurrencies, we're talking about the decentralized revolution that's happening. Of course, we're talking about some of the development that's happening on the network right now, some of the growth. We're talking about the massive amounts of money that are coming into the space. A billion dollars was just raised by Nidig, uh, by some of the smartest money in the space to get into Bitcoin. And where are you at? Are you in? Um, when I come back, I'm going to give you even more about what's growing, so don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we are talking about Bitcoin, of course, each and every week. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We are talking about this decentralized revolution that we are all living through. We're all witnessing right now. 
I think if you just take a second just to think about how fortunate we are to be living through this time. Now, I get it. The world's scary. It's dark. It's dangerous. It's changing rapidly. Um, plenty to be afraid of. Plenty to be uh, unhappy about the way things are evolving. But at the same time, it's also pretty amazing. We're witnessing some really big things. We're, we're witnessing some monumental periods in time that history books will be written about. And that is the invention of this new technological revolution that's happening, what Bitcoin is doing. Now, we're, we're talking about some, some news that's been happening recently. I typically don't like to talk about the price of Bitcoin as much as I like to talk about the development on the network and the growth of the network. Um, and, you know, we were talking about earlier, though, I was talking about how the price is kind of down, but it's consolidated at a higher level. So it had consolidated at 30000 a few months ago. Now it's consolidated at 50000 so That's That's pretty positive progress in my, in my mind. But we've had some recent catalysts that seem to be propping Bitcoin up, and it's uh, coming from an unlikely place. So while a lot of people are worried about what the Federal Reserve may do to Bitcoin, it looks like Bit uh, Federal Reserve might actually be trying to help out the market. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, there was an article that came out this week on Yahoo Finance. It talks about how the Fed um, speeding up the stimulus withdrawal is actually pushing the price of Bitcoin up. And so what do I mean by that? Well, you may have heard by now that we have massive inflation on our hands. You might have heard that. You might have noticed that it costs way more to fill up your tank with gas or to fill up your basket with groceries at the store or to buy a house or to send your kids to college or whatever you re you may need to spend money on. You probably realize it's much higher. And so last week, the Fed put out their numbers and we saw that the inflation number they give to us, CPI, which is actually CP lie. Uh, CPI is the consumer price index. Um, and so basically they take out this basket of goods. So let's say that you go to the grocery store and you buy, you know, a steak, you buy a gallon of milk, you buy a thing of cheese, you buy a carton of eggs and you, and you see how much that costs. And then you track that same basket over time. And then you see what the changes in those prices are. The problem with CPI, consumer price index, is that the government changes the basket on us all the time to show whatever numbers they want. So, for example, in the in the basket that they show us right now, the 6.8 number, they exclude food and energy. <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting because food and energy are the ones that have gone up the most and they're the most important to us. You can't live without food. You can't live without energy. Now, if they want to include the price of uh, TVs, oh, sure, TVs have come down. That looks cool. But food and energy are the things that we need, and so they don't count those things. So they're constantly changing the rules of how they how they measure that basket, which is why I call it CP lie. And they're really changing that basket because they're trying to push their narrative, right? They don't want inflation to go too high for a couple of reasons. I think the main two reasons would be, one, if they show that some that the inflation number is higher, one, they are going to have a harder time to print more money, right? What the Fed can say is, we're not getting enough inflation. We need more inflation. We need to print more money. That's one. We're going to talk about that. The second one, though, is that they, um, if the CPI number is going higher, that means the cost of living is going higher. If the cost of living goes higher, that means everybody on Social Security and entitlements needs to get paid more money. And the unfunded liabilities, so that's the money the government owes for, for Medicare and Social Security and things like that, is about $200 trillion. Now, to put that into perspective, I know we throw around these big numbers all the time. To put that into perspective, you know, the debt of the United States is just under $30 trillion, So there's $200 trillion of unfunded liabilities. And so if the CPI number goes higher, then they have to pay out more money. But it's going to be hard because they're already so deep in debt. But the one I want to talk about today is um, 
they need to continue to stimulate the markets. They have to continue to pump money into the markets because it's basically a giant Ponzi scheme. The markets, if they stop putting money in, so right now they're putting money in through stimulus, and so they're putting about they've been putting about 120 billion dollars a month into the markets to keep the markets from crashing. And they've degree, they've decided to go ahead and taper. That means they're going to put less money in. They've agreed to put in 15 billion less than normal on a monthly basis. And they're also talking about raising rates. If they raise interest rates, they could try to slow that inflation down. The problem is, is that you can't taper a Ponzi. And so the market's only staying up and only going up because they continue to put so much money in. But as soon as they pull back and stop putting money in, guess what happens? The market crashes. Now, we know this to be true because when they tried to do this before in 2019, the markets crashed. And so they're stuck in this very difficult situation. However, the inflation is raging so high that they have to do something. The people are demanding it. We have, uh, we have, uh, you know, President Biden is now um, calling the FTC and the gas companies to find out why they're charging so much for gas. We have Elizabeth Warren, and she's uh, she wants to look into why turkeys are so expensive and why meat is so expensive, and it must be these greedy businesses. Or they could just look at themselves and their monetary policy that they've taken on, but they got to do something, right? And so everybody's watching the Federal Reserve and the central banks, and um, basically the Federal Reserve now has officially taken some steps to um, accelerate the withdrawal of the unprecedented monetary stimulus used to prop up markets in the wake of the coronavirus, acknowledging the growing threat of inflation now at a 39-year high. Says the U.S. Central Bank meeting was being closely watched by digital asset traders because many Bitcoin investors see the cryptocurrency as a hedge against the potential debasement of the dollar that might result from the monetary stimulus, which is facilitated by the Fed money printing. So a faster withdrawal of the stimulus might prove provide an extra headwind for Bitcoin prices. But Bitcoin prices jumped after the Fed decision instead. The Fed announced at 2 p.m. Eastern, signaling that traders may have been worried about an even more aggressive withdrawal of the stimulus and a faster interest rate increases next year. The Bitcoin price had fallen 15% in December alone. And so what they're saying is that maybe a lot of people were already pricing this into the market. So the markets are what's called a discounting mechanism. That means that the markets are always trying to guess correctly. Will the prices be higher or lower? So I'll buy a stock today, hoping the price is higher in the future. I'll buy it, you know, shorting it and hoping it's going to be lower in the future. And so what they're saying is that everybody already knew with, with inflation so high with the CPI print of 6.8% that um, the Fed was going to have to do something, raise rates or, or do this withdrawal. And so a lot of people were thinking that Bitcoin's price was crashing in advance. So people were already anticipating this happening. But when they finally announced what they were going to do, it actually came in um, much less than what they had expected. And so um, once they announced it and it wasn't so bad, the price of Bitcoin popped up. That's what they're saying. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you guys that are listening. Uh, if you want to shoot me a message, you can hit me up on, on Instagram or Twitter at one Mark Moss. That's just the number one at one Mark Moss. Say you're he- hearing me on the radio. Get at me. Shoot me a question. Say you heard me here. I, uh, I'm super active on uh, on those platforms. I'd love to get back to you if I hear that. And tell me what you think. Do you think that they were that, that the Bitcoin market jumped because of that? Now, for me, for, for me personally, I don't try to find a reason for every single price movement. If the price goes up, if the price goes down on a short term basis, I don't try to find reasons for all that. But maybe, maybe that makes sense, right? We know, like I said, the Fed said they were going to taper at uh, 15 billion. Now they're going to do 30 billion a month. 
Um, but that a lot of people thought it'd be worse. And maybe uh, maybe they're happy about that. Now, uh, something to keep in mind is that uh, just because they're going to stimulate less doesn't mean they're stopping stimulation. They're going from 120 billion a month to 105 a month of still printing fake counterfeit money, stick it into the system. So it's not like they're going to stop doing this. No, 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 no. They're only just going to slow it down just a little bit. So it's not that much. Now, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about what's going on with the fed and potentially driving the price of Bitcoin higher, which is a pretty interesting corollary to look at. And I'm just trying to give you all the reasons as to why the network is growing, why the development of the network is growing, and how we should be focusing on this so we don't get shaken out by these short-term price moves. What happens is the price drops, and a lot of people that don't understand it are scared, and they sell. They miss out when the market bounces back higher, which it, which it does. We could you know have $1,000 candles in a day, and that's what I'm trying to prevent from happening to you, so don't go away. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that's happening. And this segment, what we're talking about is ignore the price. It's a short-term distraction. Um, we want to focus on the growth of the network. We want to focus on the development of the network. And so I'm bringing to you the latest news and information so you can stay up on those two things, the growth of the network, the development on the network. And before the break, we were talking about how uh, the, Fe the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States, their policy, and how potentially their policy, um, they've decided that they are putting way too much money into the system and that they should taper. They should just put a little bit less fake fiat counterfeit money into the system. And, uh, you know, typically, you know, Bitcoin is kind of this hedge against that inflation. And so typically when they pull back, you would expect that uh, maybe Bitcoin wouldn't do as good, right? Um, but Bitcoin actually jumped. And so some are speculating. I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, you can you can decide and shoot me a message. Let me know. But that maybe that they were expecting the Fed to do way more and they didn't do as much. And so maybe that was one of the reasons why uh, Bitcoin jumped, which is kind of interesting. Um, but uh, some other things that were really big, we talked about, you know, uh, some politicians that are running on the Bitcoin platform. We talked about Nidig uh, raising over a billion dollars. Amazing billion dollars from some of the oldest companies in the space. I mean, Mass Mutual, uh, New York Life Insurance, et cetera. You're not smarter than them. Just tell yourself that you are not smarter than them. <laughs> uh, if they have that much faith with all their, all their PhDs and experts, then uh, maybe you should have a little bit of belief in it. Um, and then we were talking about, like I said, the Fed. Another thing that I saw this week is that, you know, obviously I've, I've talked quite a bit about El Salvador and how El Salvador has adopted it as a legal reserve. Um, and it's been growing fast down there. It's been amazing. Now, now El Salvador has launched their, their Bitcoin bond. Um, and it's, it's amazing. And now we started to see news of maybe Paraguay um, doing the same thing. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see more and more and more countries starting to adopt this. And, and this week, we also saw the country of uh, Minamar. Minamar um, said that they want to use Tether, an official currency. So the stablecoin issuer called NUG's USTD adoption, a significant event that goes beyond the potentials of cryptocurrency. So USDT, that's USD Tether. So what is Tether? So Tether is a dollar-backed stablecoin. And basically what that means is when you give them a dollar of a US dollar, they give you back a cryptocurrency token that's worth the same dollar. And so it's stable. It's always pegged. It's pegged to the dollar. 
And so um, there's a there's a bunch of these different di different stable coins out there, and you know also we're starting to see governments, including the United States, working on creating a central bank digital currency, which would also be a, a, like a dollar. And so um, we've seen um, the rise of these um, stable coins, the rise of these these central bank digital currencies. Um, and this is the first time that we've seen an actual country. Now, granted, it's their shadow government run by the supporters of Nobel Peace Prize winner Aung San. Um, so it's not their main government. It's the shadow government. But they've announced that the, the Tether is an official currency for local use, and they want people to use it. Um, now, it's a stable coin, which is basically like using the dollar, which would really be no different than, like I said, using a central bank digital currency, which, of course, I'm not that big of a fan of because it's the same as fiat. It's just digital. However, I think that central bank digital currencies and even these stable coins are what I would consider to be like a Trojan horse. And so what do I mean by that? Well, I think it, it, it brings people into the space because right now, let's say a lot of people might be skeptical on Bitcoin. Um, I don't know how to use it. I don't know if it's safe. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if I can trust money that's digital, all these things, right? But once they use a central bank digital currency, uh, that's recognized by their bank and it's recognized by their government. It just gives them um, that mental um, kind of it, it tricks them a little bit, I guess, to, into thinking that it's safe. And well, shoot, I guess if my government uses it, if my bank uses it, then it must be safe. And then once they start using that, then to jump to Bitcoin is not a big jump at all. And as a matter of fact, it would even facilitate or even push that jump because as you're using that stable coin or, or specifically using the central bank digital currency, you're going to be looking at it against Bitcoin. And you're going to wonder why Bitcoin, as priced in that central bank digital currency or that stable coin, continues to go up in value. And you're going to ask yourself, well, shoot, now that I'm holding cryptocurrencies and using cryptocurrencies, even though it's a stable coin or a central bank digital currency, um, now that I'm using um, these these uh, cryptocurrencies, why is it that Bitcoin keeps going up in value? And then you're going to go, well, shoot, why am I storing all my wealth in this uh, stable coin or this central bank digital currency? It's losing value to Bitcoin. Why am I not just holding Bitcoin? And so that's why it's this Trojan horse that I think will just bring people in that way, which I think is pretty cool. Um, on top of that, we were talking about, like I said, the price of Bitcoin going up based off of that Federal Reserve um, statement, which you know may or may not have happened. I don't try to make sense of every single move. But uh, something else that we do know is that um, it's December. And December means it is the end of the year, which means it is tax time. And so December is typically a, a rough time for stocks overall. So stocks, um, you could lump cryptocurrencies in that as well. And it's typically this uh, this kind of rough, turbulent time for that. Part of the reason why is because as of the end of the year, a lot of people are taking moves for tax purposes. So, for example, if you're a CEO of a big corporation, um, and let's say that your stock is at an all-time high right now or, or whatever, it's higher than it was, you probably want to sell off a bunch of those stocks to realize the profits so you can get a massive bonus. That might be one reason. And so um, you see a lot of these CEOs doing that, which creates this downward selling pressure. And more some downward pressure creates more downward pressure, and then all the bots start trading and the price starts dropping. Um also, with Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies, we might see the same thing. So, for example, what you can do with your Bitcoin and your cryptocurrency right now, um, and it's the big thing, take note of this, I think I've talked about it once before a few weeks ago, is that you can do something what's known as a wash sale or wash trading. Now, this is uh, typically not allowed in other types of assets. And so if I held stock 
and I were to sell that stock at a loss, I wouldn't be able to buy that stock again. I think it's 30 days. Talk to your tax professional about it. I think it's 30 days you can't buy that stock again. But with cryptocurrencies, you don't have that situation. Um, they're trying to change. I believe they're going to change the rule for next year in 2022. But as of 2021, you don't have that rule. So if you bought Bitcoin at 69000 and today it's sitting at 48000 um, you could sell the Bitcoin and instantly buy it back. So you'd buy it at 69000 you sold it at 48000 you have about a $20,000 loss. But then I just rebuy it. So I still have the Bitcoin, um, and I sell it at the same price, but now I have a $20,000 loss sitting on my books, and now I can apply that loss to any other gains that I have. Now, this is a massive opportunity for you right now at the end of the year, because as I said, you can't do this on other assets and they're trying to change the law so you can't do this next year. And so you want to offset any gains you have with those losses. And so that also might be some of the reason that's kind of creating this um, this, this selling pressure on, on it. Now, like I said, I don't try to look at uh, the price on a short-term basis. I'm not trying to guess about that. Um, as we already talked about before, the price of Bitcoin has continued to go up higher and higher and higher. Uh, as we talked about, it was it was $7,000 two years ago. It was $17,000 a year ago, and today it's at $48,000. So um, just continue to stay zoomed out, look at the long-term price. But if you are sitting on some losses, now might be the time to lock those things in, capture those losses, and write that off against any gains. Now, again, everybody's tax situation is different. We are not in this together. That's the lie being told to us. We're not in this together. Um, all of our situations are different. So con consult with your tax professional. See if that works for you and write what the right thing is for you. I think though, once we get through this um, end of the year cycle, I think we'll see things starting to take off. Like we talked about with Nidig taking on that billion dollars of capital. And from some of my friends that I'm hearing the chatter on the wire, there's billions and billions of dollars literally sitting on the sidelines, ready to jump into the market. And I think once we get through the end of the year, we'll probably start to see that. I don't know. I'm not predicting it, but Get your money in while you still can, but stay zoomed out and focus on the long term. And by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about this giant decentralized revolution that is changing the world. We're talking about the two things that we should be focusing on, not the price. We're focused on the growth of the network and the development of the network. As long as you stay focused on those two things, you're going to be looking at the signal and not the noise. All right. You listen to The Mark Moss Show. Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, decentralized revolution. Thank you so much for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it. Every rivalry. 
Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 